right, and welcome everybody to episode 16 of the Chilled Esports Podcast. 16. I, I know. I am your host here one more time, Eugene Caffin, and I'm joined alongside me by my good and excellent friend, Joseph Ray. Joey, how are you doing, man? I'm doing great, Eugene. I'm excited to be here, and I'm excited to talk about the last couple of weeks in Blizzard. Yeah, awesome, man. We have had some jam-packed weeks in Blizzard. We've had yeah, we have. a lot of things going down, man. Man. The, the, the fucking Cheeto spree. It, it, it fucking happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's just been so many things that have been going on over in Blizzard Land. Um, you know. I, I, I think, like, next time a, a Warcraft expansion comes out, I should just buy, I should just buy shares and, and like, Doritos. <laughs> yes. Or... Whoever um, makes Doritos. <laughs> or uh, Pizza Pockets and... Uh, and Pizza Pockets. Oh, yeah. yeah just, just exactly. McCain, I love those Pizza Pockets. Just McCain in general. Um, yeah. So, anyway... Um, I think this is the first time that we've recorded ever since uh, Battle for Azeroth came out, actually. Yes, BFA is released. Oh, man, it's so good. Man, it is so awesome. I've just been loving BFA pretty much the, yeah, this entire time. Yeah. So, um, let's get into it. Yeah, man. Uh, let's get into our week in Blizzard. What do you mean, Blizzard added monks before demon hunters? I'm afraid my condition has left me cold. Oh, the weak always fall. All right, man. So we'll uh, get started with um, just Battle for Azeroth in general, man. How has BFA been treating you, Joey? I really like it, actually. I think BFA is a really good expansion. It's... um. Like, I know it's received criticism for this, but it's really good to sort of get back to the roots of Horde versus Alliance, like, like every now and then. Yeah, man. Because Warcraft sort of goes, like, it goes into this, like, epic fantasy of, like, worlds and demons and planets and whatever. And then it sort of brings itself back to Orcs versus Humans in the end. Yeah, yeah. And I've been liking that as well, man. I've just been, yeah. I've been having a great time with um, Battle for Azeroth, you know. And you know what? I like the honey quests. So <laughs> fuck you forums. I, I, I fucking love I, I fucking love gathering honey for some, for some random dude. It's awesome. Yeah, I know. The honey <laughs> the honey is alive, Joey. It's alive. We have to come gather it. <laughs> Battle the bees. <laughs> yeah. No, I've just been I've been loving all of the story, man. Um yeah. you know, I've just been like all, all of the storylines, they've just been really really fun to watch uh well not watch just like playthrough um all of the cinematics are really sweet like all of the voice acting has been really good you yeah know? i really like how they um they really pull you into the story a lot more with the voice acting right because previously in like previous expansions not everything was voice acted so yeah I know, you'd have right. to read the quest text to get any story at all and it's possible to get through the whole game without actually re um knowing what the fuck's going on yeah man it it, it absolutely is so now like They've done a really good job with, um, you know, almost forcing people to to have the story. Yeah, and I, it's a combination of scripted events, mm. um, the the phasing, which dynamically changes the world as you go through it. Yeah, sure. And um, and the voice acting definitely, because because all the main bits of voice acted, there's uh, huge cutscenes, and it's just awesome. Like it's really good to see the characters come to life. Yeah, man, it really is, and um, it's really good to experience a story like that as well. Like, as, as part of a, an immersion thing, like you know, for for people like us that you know go ahead and read all the quest text, um, yeah. you know, it, it is really good to actually hear some of these people speak. Um, and and then on, on the flip side as well, it is good to um to not hear them speak and then have to think about you know how is this character gonna gonna talk? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm. 
Um, yeah, so, yeah. Oh no, I was just saying as well that um, the we have uh, got it now first max level characters as well. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. We um, how long did it take us again? Uh, it took us a little while, a bit longer than normal. So I think because mm. because we've actually been going through and reading all the quest text, like you know, we did spam a whole bunch of Battle for Azeroth. We've been playing a lot of WoW over the past like couple of weeks. Um, yep. But, uh, you know, for us, we've been doing, reading all the quest text, doing every single possible side quest, etc. Side so. quest. And, and killing all the rares. Killing oh, all the, yeah. Killing going every rare hunting single and stuff. rare. Oh, man. It's exhausting. Uh, it's, it's exhausting, but it's good. Like, I, I really like the rares. They have, like, little mini boss mechanics. So it's like you're, you're fighting a boss, but it's not. Yeah. No, I like it, too. Um, so yeah, man, I've actually been enjoying it because even though there are a lot of side quests, I think some of the side stories are really awesome and, mm. um, it is really good. Just the sheer number of questing and sheer, like amount of content there is. So yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. So we, we have spent a little while, maybe like, I don't know, 15 hours or so with the whole leveling process. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's fairly accurate. Mm. And I mean, we, we hit max level probably like, um, hour 10 or hour 11. So yeah, yeah, and we just um, are yet to finish off the main storyline, actually. Yeah, and uh, we've done most of the dungeons now. It's just, uh, well, what's it called again? Tol, Tol Barad? Yeah, <laughs> not Tol Barad. Tol, Tol Dagor, I believe it's called. Tol Dagor. Tol yeah, Dagor. we have to go in there to get something for the main storyline. <laughs> Yep. I totally forget what it was because it's really late. But you've read the quest text. <laughs> I read, dude. I read the quest text. I just don't remember because yeah, right, right. we need we needed to find Jaina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, uh, yeah. oh, sorry, spoilers. No, no spoilers. Yeah, no spoilers. But um, uh, for those of us who haven't who haven't, we still haven't finished the main storyline. Yeah. Um, There's really awesome cinematic coming up though, right? Yeah, apparently there is a really really good cinematic coming up and a good tie in for all the story. Um, which I am really, really looking forward to because uh, I've really just been enjoying the entire Alliance experience, man. Yeah, for sure. Me too. Yeah. Um, very I'm nautical. looking forward. Yeah. <laughs> yes, very nautical. And <laughs> yeah, I remember going through and just thinking, man, this is so nautical. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, like, it's like Sid Meier's Pirates were better. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, I was going to say, Oh, and uh, we were also uh, kicked off our uh, Zandalar campaign. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I got my epic belt. Yeah, you did. We Bastard. got a BOE epic. Yes. yes. Yeah, like we go over there for like five minutes and we kill this like rabbit over there. And, yeah, uh, you know. first rabbit in fucking Jirita. Yeah. And I get, I get twin, twin walkways of Azeroth. <laughs> <laughs> now we got, we got Joey a uh, 355 BOE epic belt. Yep. Which was pretty sweet. As soon as I got it, I was like, yes, I'm rich. Um, yeah, but, but then, then you I... realize you're questing with the shaman. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Anyway, so I, I, uh, I was a good friend and I gave Joey his uh, BOE epic. Yay. <laughs> but yeah, so um, we, I, I actually did finish off that one part. Um, so we've started our campaign in Zandala and I imagine that there are still more things to do and possibly a tie up quest once we're all done with all the three zones. Yeah, I think that would be really good. Yeah, so we're about to see what happens to do that. This. Hmm. Yeah, so I think um, there's still so much more stuff to do, man. There's still like just a lot of um, a lot of content to rip through, and um, yeah, I think it's yeah, going to well, be good. 
Yeah, so I'm, I'm looking forward to like you know LFR and the PVE content, PVP content. Um, there's a there's a new zone, I believe. Uh, don't know about that one, but the world Plus... PVP content. Oh, no, that's just world quests. Yeah, world quests. I'm, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with that. And I'm also looking forward to seeing what they do with the story as well. Yeah, me too. I'm very, very interested in the story. So, yeah, we do have a whole bunch of um, other things to do. So, we've got plenty of other things to do. There's PvP action. There's, like, mad PvE action with LFR. And I'm, look I'm really looking forward to it, Eugene. Yeah, man, I'm looking so forward to doing all of that shit, you know, like... I've been waiting a long time for this. I've been waiting a long time for all of the new content to do. And um, yeah, I, I, in fact, just, I don't want to smash through it all as fast as possible, like some other people are doing, you know? Well, I mean, it depends on where you're at, like, sort of, because if there's, if you have nothing else to do and you're like in uni and you've got a few exams or whatever, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do know. I do know. And, like, like if it matters to you to get all the realm first and all the all all the mythic tier loot, then you know you go for it, man. You you get to that max level and experience this game as hard as it can get. Yeah, for pretty, sure. Pretty fucking hard. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I um, anybody that's up to doing mythic dungeons at the moment has like a as a core raid group or something with them. That's just your that's your scene, that's your jam, and you do your thing. But I am just gonna take it a little bit slower than normal. Um, that being said, I still almost, I, I now nearly have uh, two level 120s. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you, so your Brewmaster Monk is like getting up there? Yeah, Brewmaster Monk is actually level 19 at the moment, uh, 119 at the moment. Yeah, cool, cool. So I am, uh, I don't know, like half a level away from doing it, but I wanted to like finish all the story and do all that stuff so I can, um, and, and then do Xandalar like normal, just so I can have something else. Um, yeah, I've decided that I wanted to play those two, Druid and Brewmaster. Um, yep, cool. And man, I'm really liking how active uh, Brewmaster is. Yeah, man, I, I, I saw you. I, I saw you mashing it out. It's like holy shit, mm. this guy's this guy's uh, mashing harder than mashed potatoes. It is good, and uh, I'm really loving the talent that increases your haste based on your stagger level. It's just really cool. Yeah, um, that's cool. I also um, tanked tanked uh, one of the dungeons um, uh, yesterday uh, as Brewmaster, and uh, cool. yeah, it was just man, it was a smooth run. It was so it was so good. Um, you know, I was pumping out the damage, doing everything, and yeah, and I even like had people like say, yeah, this yeah, good tag. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's always so, good. It's always good to get compliments. It is good to get compliments. It shows that I um, I still know how to play this game. You know. Amazingly enough, <laughs> after oh. so many years, the game is still <laughs> mm -hmm. is still in your is still in your memory bank. Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, hopefully we can uh, get to doing some more of that stuff in the next week or so. Um, other things that have been going on in the Blizzard world for me in general, um, is Hearthstone and Heroes of the Storm. Yep. So Hearthstone, um, what I've been doing is really enjoying this new meta. Or um, uh, Brims Brimsay. Um, I've finally done something that I I swear that I I generally don't do is that I actually waited a little bit before crafting some of my legendaries. Eugene, 
How can you sit on that dust and not craft legendaries? What the fuck? <laughs> well, the thing is, we got free legendaries just because Blizzard are yeah, trying sure. to incentivize it. But I had enough to craft like two legendaries. Right? Oh, nice. So I'm, I was just like sitting myself and I'm thinking like, hmm, which legendaries do I want to craft? So the first one was Dr. Boom Bad Genius. Because I'm like, man, this is just like a bananas card. This is just so cool to play with. And, exactly. you know, he's what the expansions played around. So I've been playing a lot of Warrior with him. Um, yep. and seeing a bit of success with Mech Warrior. And recently, there's a uh, a deck that's going around that I think you're going to talk about a bit later called Odd Warrior. <laughs> yeah, Odd Warrior. Yeah, that's funny. that also plays Dr. Boom. So I'm like, yes, I can finally play this Odd Warrior or Mech Warrior or all this stuff now. And man, it's been really awesome. But... um. I then I was I waited for so long because I locked in the Doctor Boom really early and then I waited for yeah. ages and I'm like okay I'm just gonna wait I'm not gonna craft any legendaries because I know that the meta is like shifting right now and I was like throwing up uh, crafting something like you know a bunch of different cards I forget what I was considering but what I went with uh, was the Mechathun the best card in the game yeah <laughs> oh man Mechathun is just fun. <laughs> so if uh if if you're not familiar with the cards can you, can you tell us what it does Eugene? oh yeah sure so mechathune i think is the what i thought was going to be a really bad trolley meme card mm. um and it's a 10 mana 10 10 that set, that has a death rattle and the death rattle reads if mechathune is the only minion uh in your um what does it actually read? I think it says if you have no other minions in your hand or deck or on the back, yeah, and, uh, then you win the game. So if you have no minions or no card, no, sorry, not no minions, no cards in your hand or deck, um, you win the game. So that's the death rattle on Mechathune. So that means that if Mechathune is the uh, last thing to die, then you win the game. <laughs> Mechathune wins yes. the game. So yeah, so he just, he always he just win. wins. He just wins the game, and I remember thinking, "I'm like, this is it gonna be a meme?" <coughs> Sorry, excuse yeah, me. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, I was like, "Man, this is gonna be a meme," you know. But turns out there are like multiple ways that you can do this. Yeah. So tell, so tell me more. Yeah. So the one that I was mucking around with was um, Druid Mechathune Druid, and Druid mm -hmm. just has Druid cards and that are that are good. Yeah, for sure. You know, you can ramp, you can ramp into Oblivion, and then do like a turn four um, ultimate infestation. Um, I, I think if you do it right, then yeah. yeah, and essentially draw all your cards, stall out the game, and then play Mechathune, Innovate, Naturalize in the last turn, and then you just win the game. That, that's how it's done. That's a lot of damage. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. Well, it, see, here's the thing. <laughs> It doesn't matter about health or armor or board size or anything like that. Yeah, it's take just, that, Garrosh. Yeah, you just, just win. You got 30 health and 10 armor. Who cares? Yeah, you just win the fucking game, you know? Um, so it's a bit broken. Um, however, so the Druid one's not too bad, um, but it is it is slightly a bit inconsistent and can uh, die really easily to a Skulking Geist. Yeah. So uh, the other one that people have been playing, which is really popular, is the Priest Mechathune. Okay, so you keep your health up. Yeah, so you keep your health up, you're able to draw a lot of cards, uh, you're able to control the board, and you're able to Psychic Scream to, to get things away 
and live in your opponent's deck. But the big uh, backbreaker is that for the combo to go off, um, you need cards that are four mana or more, which means that you can put in um, Hermit Nessing Worry, which kills everything three mana or less in your deck. Yeah, sure. So if you get all the combo, if you get your uh, Hermit Nessing Worry on six, um, play it. It kills everything except most likely your combo pieces and some psychic screams. Then mm -hmm. there's a very, very, very high probability that you win on turn ten. Yeah, sure. So like, it's pretty crazy, man. It's just so nuts. It's very, very consistent. Is the problem? Um, it, it consistency is the problem. Yeah, because quite often you can get your Mechathune combo on turn ten. Oh, okay. Like on turn ten. Hmm. So um, it it happens uh, like a lot more often than people are you know are willing to accept so i think it may see some nerfs but it, it depends it's been a while since i've seen um any anyone other than streamers play it uh so i'm not really sure how it's going the one that i think I, we are going to see in professional play is actually combo priest have you seen this before uh no i didn't see combo priest yeah combo priest is this um for anybody that wants to watch it i believe there was a video um i think it was by trump um, who mm -hmm. posted this particular video with this card called Topsy Turvy. It involves a very, very long, complicated string of um, like sequencing, and you can essentially one-shot anybody. Um, yeah. <laughs> awesome. So if you get it off right, um, you can just deal, you know, 30, even more than that. You can essentially do infinite. If there wasn't a turn timer, it, it would be infinite. Yeah, for sure. Well, nearly infinite. You could do like maybe 80 health or 100 health or something like that. But um, yeah, it's pretty fucking nuts. But how do you get your mana back? Um, so the idea is that you have radiant elementals, so they cost yeah. zero. Oh, I see. Yeah. So like, essentially what, what happens is um, you can get a whole bunch of these zero mana cost spells like uh, Inner Fire, Topsy Turvy, etc. Um, mm -hmm. that, yeah, that make um, a... So it's enough to make a 1-1 one, one, like bore into like a 48-48. <laughs> Goddamn. Yeah. So, you know, that's just enough to usually win the game. So that's the one that I think um, we will see in pro play because it requires the excellence of execution um, yeah. to be able to actually do the combo properly. So, you know. Yeah, of course. Anyway. Um, there so are them uh, execution plays. Yeah. So it's very... Yeah, man, it's so... It's so mechanically intensive to be able to actually pull it off properly. But for the pros, that's really not a problem. Yeah, exactly. Um, lastly, uh, I did mention this, and I, I was I was telling you the other night, Joey, that um, I've been playing some Heroes of the Storm, a couple of games here and there when we've not been playing uh, WoW and, and Hearthstone. And, and you stayed a while and listened. I did. <laughs> I did. I stayed a while. <laughs> the Haradrim. Definitely. You, like, you got the gems into the Herodric Cube. <laughs> yes, and I took the perfect gems talent so that I could pick more gems. <laughs> Did you really? No, I actually didn't. The bottomless boss is so much better. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, maybe I'll try it one day. Maybe I'll go full gem build and then do perfect gems. Um, it's not that great. I'm gonna, <laughs> just, I'm gonna burst the bubble a little bit right now. Yeah. Well, I've seen some pros take it, 
Uh, I've been I've been uh, checking what some of the pros have been picking, and gem build is quite popular. Okay. So I'm just saying, there's some flexibility there. But uh, I think Endless Flask is probably better. Um, so man, I've actually been loving it. He's very very active on the map. He, you know, he's not just uh, stand there and heal you. You have to actually set up and throw potions everywhere and whatnot. The only hard part is that he really suffers with really mobile like um people. It's very, man, I was trying to heal this Chen and like Chen is just fucking jumping all over the place and doing all this bullshit and then like starts pinging me because I can't hit him with a goddamn flask and I'm like, man, you're just jumping all over the fucking place. <laughs> Stop dodging the healing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. So, um, yeah. It sucks. Yeah, that's been going on. Yeah, that's it with me, man. How, uh, what have you been doing other than uh, World of Warcraft? Um, not much, to be honest. It's mostly just been work and... um. Playing, I played a bit of Doom. I played a bit of Doom 2016. That was, that was kind of fun. Oh, yeah, sweet. Yeah, so I played through half the campaign again. I'm trying to replay it on uh, harder difficulty. Uh-huh. Yeah, cool. And yeah, just just watching games and having a good time with. Oh, actually, I've been playing Diablo 3 quite a, a fair bit as well. Oh, yeah, you have, haven't you? How's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you've actually been dying. I have actually been dying in Diablo 3. I'm like uh, super noob central. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> I'm playing through the uh, Torment 2, I believe. And I'm Paragon level 15 or 25 or something. Yeah, nice, man. Gotta say, I really love the Paragon levels um, where we're like deep in Act 2 in the Diablo universe. Mm-hmm. And I'm not really sure what to say. Like, it's it's interesting because like, the bosses are easier. Like, like the bosses are like a reprieve from <laughs> the regular mobs that have random modifiers. Yeah, right. Because the modifiers can just stack up like a mofo. Exactly. Like you'll get Jailer combined with Arcane Empowered, and it just it just recognizes you in like two seconds. It's like, well, what am I to, what am I meant to do about this? Mm. And then it's a it's sort of a trade off. Like, do I want to take a healing talent which will slow down all, my, all of my DPS and slow down my run? Or do I want to take a DPS talent, which means I'll die every now and then? <laughs> yeah, but my run might go faster. Well, the run is going faster. Yeah, overall. sure. Yeah, the run will go faster overall because you're just pumping up more damages. Yeah, exactly. man, it's a fine line across. You know, fine line. Yeah. So, but I'm I'm really enjoying Di- uh, Diablo three. I think it's a mm. it's a really good game. Like it, like I know it got a lot of flack when it came out because it was basically not quite Diablo two, but it was not different enough yeah it also suffered for some uh with some economy problems and the auction house uh yeah. but that was quickly fixed in uh reaper of souls reaper of souls have pretty much like been well, very well received mm. but i mean i can i can see why it's well received right because it's just mm. it's it's just a really solid uh way to spend an uh, spend an evening yeah it is um any chance on uh forking out the money for the um necromancer Hmm. Nah, I think um, I think if they're gonna do any more additions to Diablo three, I want to see Druid come back. Yeah, that's what that's what a lot of people are crying for, especially our good friend that you were playing with. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he was a big Druid <laughs> fan. But no, 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 I think um, I think Druid would be a good good addition because there aren't any shapeshifters in D three. So yeah, right. No, I I think so too. Um, yeah. I, I've been, I've been crying out for a different type of um person 
you know. Yeah. Well, well, the other side of this is like D three is quite old now, so they probably want to bring out D four sometime soon. Mm. Um, and yeah, so, so that's my Diablo news. <laughs> I'm, yeah, cool. I'm slowly doing the grind, getting getting through these demons. Yeah, nice. Getting and my leak here. Maybe I'll join you sometime. Man, you it's should. Been a while, it's been a while since I played Diablo three. So yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so let's move on to some uh, Blizzard news, man. And the big one is that Gamescom was this week. Cool, Gamescom. So yeah, they had a whole bunch of different uh, different things going on. I didn't get to watch any of the live streams, but um, I did watch uh, a couple of things today. In particular, uh, something that was really cool was um, the fact that they performed some of the songs with an orchestra and a choir. Holy shit, a choir. Yes, dude, it was an orchestra, there was a choir there, and um, they're essentially playing through the music of all the different Blizzard IPs and, and uh, different cinematics. So I, I wonder what the, what the choir is actually given. Like, are they given like a list of syllables or are they given actual words? Yeah, I don't know. Like for the WoW one, I have no idea. Because <laughs> I'm like, you guys are just singing and it's like Latin or something. Um, and just like... I don't, I don't think it is Latin though. Like, because I listen to it, I'm like, that's that, those aren't words. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I'm not sure. It's some made up like fucking language. Anyway. Cool. <laughs> I don't know, but they're singing it vigorously, so they must know what they're saying, right? No, no, they're definitely all saying the same thing, but like what it is, fuck knows. Yeah. Anyway, so they played they played through that, and it was a really really good performance. Like I w- I wish I could have been there. You know, it would have been really awesome. Like just listening to it on my home speakers was giving me chills. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. So I like can't I can only imagine what it'd been like to actually be there. So. It's really, really cool to see that Blizzard are doing these like awesome things just around their games. Like, it's actually just hard to get an orchestra together, you know? Oh yeah, definitely, man. Yeah. So anyway, um, not only that, there are a couple of things about our favorite games. Um, first of all, uh, from the Overwatch side, there was a Diva animated short. Yeah, yeah. I've just gotten done watching it. Actually, it's a really good short. Really well done. Yeah, man. It was very, very well done. It's sort of like brings diva into the spotlight more than she's used to i want to know how does she stay thin when she has like all like chips everywhere <laughs> yeah i know she eats so much junk well, food what the fuck is okay this? so so you saw it right when her friend was like you know it's time to rest and she's like no i need to work on my machine maybe she just like you know puts work into the machine all the time yeah it seems so it's kind of interesting she has like a little a little home base just outside of um i guess it's soul where she is i'm not sure yeah i'm not sure they don't specify but you imagine it would be yeah uh, whatever major Korea, yeah whatever the korean capital city is in the overwatch land yeah <laughs> in, in, in overwatch land yeah so. um really interesting that uh diva's gun actually does damage in the cinematic <laughs> also her booster is just permanently <laughs> on which i feel is horrendously horrendously no, no, overpowered no, no. She, she actually she actually did have to land on, on one of the machines uh <laughs> in one of the scenes, she, her booster ran out, and she had to land on, on the machine to kill it, uh, and then she could take off again. Yeah, right. Yeah, her booster did run out once. Ran out once. I mean, mine is always on fucking cooldown. Also, know? her fucking yeah, exactly. Also, her fucking scatter rocket does like zero damage for some reason because yeah. it just missed everything. It just missed. Even left aim. Yeah. So. I uh I, I think it, it, it gave off a pretty good message of like teamwork and working together and all that other stuff, so you know. Yeah, that was interesting. Um I 
I maybe would have liked to send a slightly different message, maybe like mm-hmm. something about how yeah, Diva has to sort of have two sides of herself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what was implied from the start, right? That, you know, there are there's more than one side to Diva. There's the, you know, there's the superstar side, but then there's the, you know, serious side. Well, yeah, the <laughs> the workaholic. Yeah, the workaholic and the, you know, PTSD from the battles and whatnot. Mm. Yeah, so um I didn't too much like the the t- the teamwork is great because I because I thought it was um they could have gone with a different message but I didn't hate it it's just uh, uh, I thought they could have done better with the they could have metaphor. but I think this I think this is secret Blizzard like subliminal messaging going don't like rag on each other in our games <laughs> say GG when you mean it <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah all all those things um so yeah I, I I overall thought it was good but anyway. Um, we'll also move on to another cinematic that happened. Uh, we also got the third installment of the Warbringers uh, animated um, series. Oh, yeah. Did, uh, which did, one? I don't think I did, because uh, I've, I've seen Jaina, um, Saofang, and Sylvanas. Okay, so Saofang was his own thing. Yeah. Um, oh, oh, I was his own thing. Yeah, the Warbringers. The, war, the, war. the last one was um, Ajara. Ajara is a Warbringer. Yes. Do-do-do. Cool. Yeah. So what, did, so what did you think of it? Man, I thought it was really, really cool. Um, it basically shines light on an area that I was really, really interested in. Like, it shows the events that happened after, like, pretty much seconds after the Sundering. Ah, yeah, cool. Yeah, and it sort of, like, hints at, um, well, not hints at it, it just heavily, heavily in, uh, shows the um, the influence and, like, the decisions that Queen Najara had to make. Um, in particular, um, the the events leading up to her becoming the leader of the Naga, mm, yeah, sure. And like how their people came to the Naga, like we all know it was old god corruption, but um, the way that it actually came about was a bit more interesting than normal. And you haven't seen it, so I'm not going to spoil it. But there is a a sort of deeper relationship uh, and uh, between Queen Ajara and how she became a Naga. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, so obviously um, there was, uh, you know, some old god influence, and we all know which one it is. Um, Cthoon! <laughs> totally. Cthoon is Mecha- back! Mechathoon! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, along with Mechadraxis, they've come to fuck everything. <laughs> we have come from the card game! <laughs> Yeah, so um, they do a really, really good job re- representing Nizoth. Um, so I, I do like the way that they presented it and all that other stuff. So, man, it was really cool. You should watch it, like, the second we finish recording. Like, basically, that's what's going to happen. All right. I've, uh, I've already loaded it up on YouTube. I'm, like, ready. Okay, that's good. <laughs> um, the last thing as well uh, is that if you're on the game's floor, you got to try out a couple of new things uh, in the Heroes of the Storm universe. In particular, the new hero, Mephisto. Man, I look forward to Mephisto. He looks really cool. Mm. I think so as well. And um, what? So the first thing I thought, I was like, man, Mephisto looks sick. And yeah. then like the, the, the millisecond that they showed his first ultimate, I was like, oh no. <laughs> oh no, not again. Yeah, we're fucked. I was like, now I need my Mephisto buddy. Definitely. Instead of my Carthus buddy, because like, oh man, yeah, like, um, 
Just don't be on Mephisto. Just don't be on the enemy side of Mephisto, and you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Also, don't be running away. Um, don't be what's his name? Uh, Abatha. Don't be Abatha. Don't be running away. Mm-hmm. And don't be low health ever. Yeah, just and don't be low health. Be just don't be low health around him. Um, in particular, <laughs> as well, I was watching one of the streamers who was on the floor, and is level twenty. If you get a kill, it resets. Oh, are you serious? Yeah, but it only does it once, so you can only, oh, cast, okay. it, you can only <laughs> cast it twice in a row. I feel Blizz were just were like, we needed to be powerful, and then they they said, what if it resets? And then I imagine they tested it; it would have been fucking broken. Yeah, well, it, I mean, that would have led to some great what the fuck moments, though. It's like, yeah, just <laughs> just uh, like channel upon channel, channel upon channel upon channel, mm-hmm. and like the, the like the enemy team's trying to kill the Punisher, but but Mephisto just kills them all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, dude, that could still happen. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, like it, it, it it's enough for two channels, which is like a pretty big portion of health. And I, I really like this um the spreading root that he has. Like, like it's a pretty interesting mechanic as well. Mm, yeah, it is a pretty interesting mechanic. So I'm looking forward to it. The other big news though, which I was actually looking forward to, we've said that it's been coming for ages, is the new um Hanamura. Now called Temple of Hanamura. Ooh. Hanamura too. Yeah. Alright, so this is source new in Hanamura. Um instead of two payloads, there's now one. Yep. We can now attack the core. Oh, good. And that's basically it. Um, the uh, the payload is a single objective in the middle. Oh, there's also no no, no more boss. There's only a few camps that actually do things, and uh, they're also experimenting with camps that grant vision. So are we both trying to push the payload in different directions. Ah, uh, yes, but okay. um, but the payload doesn't go back to the center. Like it only moves when there are players around it. So it'll only yeah. move either towards one players or towards another's, and yeah. um, consecutive uh. So it, it's on like a three cycle rotation. So the first yeah. one is pretty easy. It's in the middle of the map, but then the second one is um, more towards your opponent. And then the third one is also towards your opponent. And okay. then once you've done that, that one, it will go back to its original state. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah but it, it no longer deals core damage. It, it damages the nearest structure, kind of like Sky Temple. Um, oh, okay. When you, so, when you capture yeah, yeah, I get yeah. you, I get you, I get you. So when you capture it, it, it will deal damage to the nearest structure instead of just the core. Yeah, fair enough. Well, that's um, I actually really like this guy temple mechanic for that because like it forces all the buildings to go down first. Yeah, it does. Um, and it sort of helps the snowball and stuff. Like, well, like, like I think overall it's just good because you know it's not. I think the ability to skip the buildings should be uh something specific to Towers of Doom. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Basically. I think so too. I think they experimented with it, and it it overall just didn't come together very well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, not on a two lane map, and you know because there were two payloads, you didn't know where you needed to be at any one time. Now it's like much much clearer. There are three set paths that the payload can take. Don't get me wrong. There's like what eight different combinations or something like that. Um, so, so I'd like to know: is the boss still like super powerful? Or no, there's no boss. Oh, yeah, no boss. <laughs> no, no giant. There is a, no giant there is a giant mecha samurai. There's a giant. There is a giant mecha samurai. Um, okay, but he's more like a ninja type thing, and he pushes the lane for you. All right, all right. Oh, so so, so the boss helps you out now. 
Yeah, but it's not a boss. It's just like a normal camp. Oh. It's, it's not a boss uh, camp. It's it's weaker than a boss, but it'll still do like really good like siege damage and well, not siege, yeah, but just like lane lane damage. So they're still collectibles. What's that? Oh no, they're still collectibles. no, I don't think so. No, no collectibles. Okay. Um, as far as I as far as I know, no collectibles. So there's no turrets that you can place on the payload or anything like that. Yep, yep. From what I saw. So um I'm I'm looking forward to it. I think it could be really good. Well it I, sounds like fun at least. Like I think they've combined sort of uh Sky Temple with False Sky a bit, like the um controlling the thing mm. um with the Overwatch mechanic and the um Sky Temple sort of hitting the buildings. Yeah, sure. And like yeah, I think it I think it sounds like a fun map. Yeah, it does sound like a much fun, like a much funner map, and uh, you know, it'd be really good to actually use the all of the cool Hanamura looking um, like art for the new um, for this map. Hmm. All right. So yeah, so that's pretty much all the Blizzard news that's been happening over from Gamescom. A whole bunch of really cool things have been going down. Um, but let us uh, actually jump into some esports that have been happening, um, and let's start talking about some Hearthstone. You face Jaraxxus, Eladar Lord of the Burning Legion! Well played. Well played. Good game. Well played. Good game. You stream, I stream, we all stream for Hellstream! Alright, so over the past few weeks, we have had some things going down. Uh, in particular, the Heroes Global Games have been happening. HGG! Yeah, HGG, new round has been going down. Um and man, there've been some absolutely stellar games that have been happening. With Australia. Yeah, man, Australia has definitely been doing some things. I we actually got a few wins, which um which I thought was like fucking awesome. Yeah, it's, it's fucking cool. We um I, I I believe we beat a few teams, but I don't have the I don't have the list in front of me. Yeah, I don't have the stats. Um interestingly enough though, is that America, the USA was very very close to being knocked out this week holy shit american knockout yeah um and uh, <laughs> they're actually versing like uh, kazakhstan i believe or something like that man it's the it's the rng gods and in some ways hearthstone is the most fair game out there because everyone gets screwed by it <laughs> yeah so <laughs> so yeah america was uh was very close to being knocked out but they um but uh no they actually they just barely squeaked out a victory against against kazakhstan yes they did they did so um you know so props to them for uh for, for making it but they were in the finals last year so man that is uh that is something crazy to think about um yeah, it is anyway so was there a particular series that you wanted to have a look at joey yeah so the series i had a look at this um this week was peru versus australia yes go australia yep <laughs> australia made a very strong showing oh did they nice yeah, it was, a, it was a very fun series to watch. It could have gone either way um, in a lot of the games, but a couple of the games were pretty solidly perused. So, like, you know, uh, so let's just get into it. Uh, get into the series. Mm. So our first one was a Shadowhawk Shaman versus a Zoo Hunter. Oh, really? Not a Death Rattle? No. Oh, that's so strange. Death Rattles all over the place. Anyway, keep going. So basically, what what was happening here was that um, the the zoo hunter kept 
kept going wide on the board. Like he was he was doing some control stuff. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's, it's a curious thing, but like when Shadowhawk Shaman goes into combat, it seems like you don't need the Shadowhawk to win. It's just like the threat of the Shadowhawk makes the enemy resign. Yeah, right. <laughs> because because <laughs> basically Hunter just couldn't he couldn't get enough face damage because a shaman just kept out controlling him. Yeah, sure. That is a big That's... thing with the shadow walk is that they they're really good at surviving. Hmm. Yeah, it, like it just didn't matter what the well, what the hunter threw at him. Like he'd go wide, and then like his beast his beast were getting stolen. But there's there's a little gnome guy that like like steals your cards. Ah, uh, mind control tech. Yep. Yep. And that was extremely deadly for the um for the hunter. In the end, it it came down to just a turn where Shaman realized, wait a minute, I have lethal. All I have to do is cast Bloodlust. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, and so one beer later, and uh, I think it was, I think he got twenty four damage off in a round. Whoa, damn! Yeah, he just um, he just made the made the taunt minion go away and did twenty four damage, and like bam, Hunter's gone. Yeah, shit. It can happen. Um, it, it can happen. It can happen. They, can, they can win without Shadowhawk. Yeah. Well, apparently, they ha- like for all the Shadowhawk Shamans that they've seen so far in, in the various series, they haven't actually seen the Shadowhawk card get played. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. That That is a real <laughs> testament to the type of decks that they're actually building with it now. Like, I did hear about a more aggro lineup, but yeah. man, awesome. So the so the next game, which was fairly interesting, was odd odd rogue versus odd warrior. So it's oh, it's odd versus odd. <laughs> I can see how this one would go. Yeah. So basically, it was a game of tempo for odd rogue. Um, and what was happening was that the rogue would play the cards that um would threaten the warrior. So so so, so like warrior started off and like early game he went straight. You know, let's let's bang on ten armor. Uh, mm-hmm. get, uh, get, uh, get some cool taunt minions out and, uh, and then just sit back and relax. Yeah. <laughs> but around rogues, you just can't relax. No, you can't, because there's just too much uh, potential for things to go wrong. Pretty much. Um, and so essentially, rogue would come in and warrior was doing this really interesting combo of, uh, what's it called? Discombobulator? Um... Super Collider. So, uh, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, the Super Collider. Yeah. yeah, the weapon that forces them to attack. Yeah. Yep. So so he'd Super Collider the... Um, he would Super Collider the, the middle guy to take him out. And then he'd use a, he'd, he'd use a weapon to, to like get the other two minions. Mm-hmm. And this was just... This board clear happened probably three times in a row. Well, not exactly this, because obviously it's only two of, two of any one card. Yeah, sure. But um, that was enough for Rogue, and so and so Rogue went all in on this on this desperation play, and he drew his entire deck. Um, I, I don't know which card does this. Oh uh, yeah, um, it's someone's unstable element. Myra's unstable element. Yep. So he he drew his entire deck because he's like, okay, so so what yeah. could happen is I can draw my deck, and this might draw lethal or it might not. Yeah, it's always a big des- <laughs> it's always a big desperation play because. Um, they probably were out of resources and then said, well, I just got to go for it. Yeah. Because they're so, never going to win the long game. Yeah, because because um, Warrior had 16 health left and 4 armor. 
And so and so Rose like, okay, so he's gonna get an extra two armor next round. So I just need to draw twenty-two damage with the charge and then I win. But it, it just didn't happen. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, sure. Well, th that's just what happens, man. There are just some games where the warrior just had it, you know. Pretty much. All the answers. Um, so the next game was the Zulok versus Control Priest. Oh man. That 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 could go that could go a couple of ways. Uh it was over by ten six. Oh really? Oh no. Oh wow. Okay then. <laughs> you can guess which way it went against the quote unquote control priest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh yeah. Um the priest didn't the priest lost control pretty fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That can happen. Zulok man is just um it's running all it's running wild all over the place. Yeah, it was like a it was like a bad stuff for the priest, and then like when he needed it the most, like he just kept drawing power word shields. Oh yeah, I mean, sure. It's like, I need more than a power word shield. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you power word shield and then draw a card and it's another power word shield, you're just like oh. Yeah, yeah. Essentially. And so and so the the warlock, you know, he just had all this shit on the board and he just like went face and won. Yeah. Yep, classic classic warlock move. Anyway, the uh, the last game was Agrimage versus Agrimage. Oh wow! Okay. And man, it was so fast. I was like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> it was like a ten minute game. Um, but yeah, essentially, it was just RNG gods um, in this particular game. Mm. So, because because they had more or less like synonymous decks and. The interesting thing was, um, it happened near the end. Oh yeah, sure. Australia actually faked out Peru. Oh. Because because Australia was dead, and Peru had two had two pyroblasts like like in their hand. Mm-hmm. And hey, um, but hmm? doesn't pyroblast cost ten? Uh, six four. That's it. Might, it that's it, fireball. Uh, fireblast. Fire. A uh, fireball. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, sure. I was like. So they had twelve damage. Yeah, so 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 he has twelve damage ready, and Australia only has eight, like eight hit points left. Uh -huh. Um, and yeah, so so then Australia plays a secret. Ah, uh, so they're like, they think it's counter spell. Yeah, so they're like, oh no, this is counter spell. No, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> Australia got to live an extra turn. Oh man, that's so nuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, that can happen. That can happen. Um, secrets are a very, very high skill cap type thing, and if you if you don't play around them, then they can burn you. Yeah, definitely. Um, anyway, yeah. So, so, so Peru sniffed out the um the lack of a counter spell because they um they cast magic missiles, I think, like for for four and mana in the in the next turn, and that's like, oh, well, this is easy, fireball, and then it's really yeah. good. Yeah, sure. Like I think like. I imagine they just had those two spells and they didn't want to burn them, so um, yeah. all they had to do was wait for another spell to proc it and then and then yeah. go for it after that. Yeah, and and yeah, that was a ten seven victory. So so we had two games that like that went long, like like well into late game, and and two games that were like uh, pretty much over by the mid game. Yeah, right. And a good victory for Peru and Australia is knocked out. Oh no! Yeah. <sighs> the yeah, dream is dead. Yeah, it's dead. <laughs> The, the our esports scene is so weak. <laughs> well, it, we got a few wins. Uh, we did get a win against Argentina from one of the rounds that I remember. 
Oh, cool. Um, so Australia wasn't totally bad. They were able to get one round, uh, at least one round of win. I think even two, but not enough to stay in the tournament. I think it's getting more towards the pointy end. I'm pretty happy we didn't we we didn't get the wooden spoon. Yes, we didn't, which is a which is a good thing. Yeah, means that, um, the Hearthstone esports scene is um it's getting larger. Uh, we we even have um some different tour not tour stops, but we have uh, invitationals and things that happen down in Sydney. So, you know that it, it's it's still a good thing in Australia. Yeah, definitely. That's it from the Hearthstone HGG HGG coverage for now. Yeah, nice. I'll be following it in the next couple of weeks, and I'll uh, tell you when I've got more to say. Yeah, cool. Um, I did catch a few games, but nothing to be noteworthy. I um, I am interested to see who's running Broomstick cards and who isn't, mm. um, because I think it's a really like good time for these guys to experiment with new Broomstick cards. Well, yeah, I saw I saw mm. a fair bit of Broomstick. Yeah, so I think that's um, that's something pretty interesting to think about and and uh, and look at. Mm-hmm. Oh, anyway, let's uh, head on over to the big one for this week. There has been a lot of Heroes of the Storm stuff, so let's just get on to the Heroes Esports. I have a PhD in PvP. You have some skill. Talent? Ah, that seems generous. What? I mean, I knew I could do that. All right, man. So if we have a look at what's been happening in Heroes Esports... I just wanted to have a quick flashback um, to last week and even the week before, just a little bit, uh, is that we finished up all of our clashes. The Western and Eastern Clash has been happening. Eastern Clash, yeah. Yeah, so the Eastern Clash was um, was the more recent one. But um, I just wanted to have a closing note about things that happened over at the Western Clash and about the narrative that was there, I suppose, the big story about what was going on. Cool, yeah, so, tell me about it. So by the end of it, right, we had these two teams that had very, very different runs end up in the finals together. Yeah, it's like um, one team takes every map and the other team like loses the first round and like desperately climbs back in. Yeah. So, man, it was Dignitas. Dignitas went into the finals. Perfect record. Didn't lose a single game, I don't think. Um, yeah, they, they, didn't drop a, they didn't drop a single map Yeah, they didn't uh, drop a going sing- into the finals. Yeah, didn't drop a single map going into the finals. They were on fire. Everyone thought that, you know, they they were just like, you know, absolute gods. And then we had the other side, mm-hmm. the number four team coming <laughs> from Europe, the Leftovers. And man, yeah, the leftovers. if you're a Leftovers fan, it's like a fairy tale story. They get, yep. they get dropped down to the lowest bracket pretty much straight away Mm -hmm. and then they fight their way all the way through the losers bracket through every single losers game that they possibly could have and end up in the finals with dignitas it's fucking amazing eh? it is so amazing i was just watching these games and you know i think there was a lot of pressure on some of the other teams to be able to beat the leftovers and they use that to their advantage like the leftovers just had nothing to lose and everything to gain Whereas these other teams, they sort of had these like pride, I think, that was, you know, that they should be there because they're the number two team or the number three team. Um, yeah, but, but there's like the leftovers. What? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? And 
you know, they obviously saw that the leftovers were playing good. Perhaps they were, you know, winning these, I don't, I don't know, supposedly cheesy type strategies where, you know, it would come down to a core call at a particular time and whatnot. But yeah, for sure. um, yeah. so they come to the final and I was just disappointed with the final. Uh, really? What happened? Dignitas just won. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. But did they win handily? Or, or I think so, they, uh... yeah. I think so. Uh, from, from memory, there were very many memorable games. It was just Dignitas outclassing the leftovers. Yeah, just out rotating and uh, mm. and out microwing, getting all the getting all the key timings and stuff. Yep, yep, absolutely. And um, Dignitas basically just remained the best team in 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 the West at the moment. Oh, well, yeah. there you go. Yep, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll have you know as well that uh, the Team Freedom uh, was also the only North American team to make it anywhere near the finals. NA sucks. Yeah, so you know. Any lol, whatever. Yeah. So, um, so, so Tempo Storm got got taken out. Ah, uh, yes, Tempo Storm, Heroes Hearth. They were all not in the um, not anywhere near the finals. Um, oh. yeah, it was only Team Freedom that managed to take down some of the European teams to be able to get close. All right. So, well, next clash, I'm gonna root for Octalysis. I, 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 I reckon they've got a. Yeah. <laughs> I reckon they've got a good um <laughs> chance against. It. At getting in there, yeah, possible. I mean, Mike Udall's—that's Mike Udall's team, right? Uh, I think so. Yeah, yeah. So no, he—he's a good shot caller. So I think cool. I think they'll be fine. Um, moving on to the Eastern Clash now, and man, the Eastern Clash—crazy business. But uh, the narrative of that is that the Koreans are just gods, <coughs> <laughs> and um, <laughs> that—that's—that's—that's that's, that's pretty much the end of the story. <laughs> is that? There was some really, yeah, I know, but you know, so the Koreans are all the gods, but there's one like there's a top god, right? And yeah. it's and it's Genji. Genji. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, some of the uh, just some of the plays that these guys do. It's like this Korean thing where they're losing up until they win the game. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, it's like really ridiculous. It's like they're so far behind. They're two levels down. They haven't gotten a single objective. Yeah, and and then they just win a fucking uh, like five zero team fight, take every point on the map, and uh, and then they win. It's yeah, like, I know. It's fucking. Why nuts. am I even watching this? Yeah, <laughs> I just watched the last two minutes. I know. Like, yeah, you should just watch like the last minute where they just like make the perfect map rotations and all this other stuff. So, um, yeah, it was a pretty good clash, but it was basically the Korean story with uh, seeing who can beat Gen G, and yep. um. And I'll have to say that, oh, what was the team? It was the number three, number four Korean team that actually went up against them um, instead uh, of uh, Ballistics or Tempest or anything like that. It was uh, one of the other what's teams. What's the name? Uh, something Neo? No, uh, I don't think so. I forget now. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, but it, it, it sort of, um, you know, it, it was it was a similar story where uh really an under an underpowered team or a you know one that wasn't considered to be top tier made it to the finals uh but was still not enough to overcome uh, the might of gen g yeah the might of gen g so you know um the, the one thing that i really wanted to to highlight is just the big difference between what we're watching uh over here in the western side 
as to what's happening over in Korea. And I really think the only big difference that I can see is that Anubarak is just fucking everywhere. In the Eastern Clash? Yes. Yeah, that's interesting, because like, I, I, I think I saw a single Anubarak game in the series I watched, but it, it, he's not that big a deal over here. Yeah, man, he is a huge deal over there. Like, they, they much more prefer Blaze and um, Johanna. Yeah, um, that that is a thing. Johanna and Muradin are big, are big things that are happening now over in the West, um, mm. uh, as far as like tanks are concerned. Um, but man, yeah, Anubarak is just is just one of the kings over there, and you know it, it's pretty easy to see why because Chinese teams really want to be aggressive, and, and the hype uh, of ability as well. Yeah, 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 very true. Um, but man, it was just like all sorts of really cool plays with Anubarak, and it was just so so popular. Um, and it was just something that I really wanted to highlight as one of the major differences is, is like the fact that they're willing to play this different style tank, this very engage heavy tank. They love their engages. They do. They love them some engage. Anyway, um, so yeah, so that's basically the story from the Eastern Clash, um, is that, you know, Koreans are gods, Genji is the best, and Anubarak is apparently a thing. <laughs> he is a thing. Yes, he is a, a giant beetle with, thing with all the other standard picks, obviously. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so that's enough for me. What's been uh, happening over on the EU side this week, Joey? Okay, so EU side this week, we had I I'm like I'm just going to pick a couple of teams I like, and I picked um, Dignitas versus Fnatic. Oh, nice. That that says it could be good. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's sort of like the the grudge match after the after the Western Clash. Fnatic wanted their revenge. Yes, revenge, revenge. Take on the take on the Western Clash heroes. Yeah, sure. A curious thing, picks and bands wise. Mm. White main contested. Oh, white main available and yep. contested. Yep, very contested. Ah, oh, nice. Um, white main has actually replaced. Uh, Malfurion in some games. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And uh, I think what's his name? Stukov has just fallen off. Oh yeah, man. Stukov just is he's not around anymore. You know? Yeah. He nobody suffered wants, a lot. But uh <laughs> nobody wants to be him anymore. Yeah. He's gone. I know. Same thing with uh good old Chromie. Yeah, so so, so now the big uh healer duo is White Main and Decker Kane. Mm, yeah, right. And, I can see that. Malfurion obviously still gets a look in every now and then. Yeah, he would. The loss of ice block just really fucked him. Um, Irel is still pick ban. Oh yeah, absolutely. And Sergeant Hammer actually had a lot of games. Um, yeah, man, Sergeant Hammer is really up there at the moment, and um, I just I think I just called it a few weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, I think you did. <laughs> I like, think he totally pulled it. I was like, man, Sergeant Hammer just can be everywhere. Yeah. Um, so the interesting thing about game one, so so game one was a bit of a turtle fest. It's like um, uh, nobody can get a kill. Yeah, right. But if nobody gets a kill in two of the Spider Queen, what happens, Eugene? Um, they collect gems. Yeah, they just collect gems, and it's just like the gem stacks that are just going around everywhere. Fnatic was holding 180 gems long. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, and so, so they had 40 gems sent in already, and they, they were holding an additional 180 gems. That is a 
really insane amount of gems. Because <laughs> they didn't get a single turn in for like the first 20 levels. Yeah, fucking hell. That's so crazy. I'm like, holy shit. So <laughs> Nobody died. There's so Nobody many. Died. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. As soon as somebody dies, that's just so bad. Yeah, so bad, so bad. Uh, but yeah, there's like, um, I think Blaze, um, or no, it's Garrosh. So Garrosh had enough gems to do the third turn in all by himself. Oh yeah, sure. But like he, like he just right, he he right clicked the gem and it just bam. <laughs> yeah. He's 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 his spider queen. Yeah, there's the there's enough. All right. Um, and basically it ended. Um, I thought it was an amazing stack. They got, uh, I think it was a level 22 turn in and they stacked it with the top boss. Yeah. Right. That's a pretty, that's a pretty crazy push. Just handy. And the, it, it's like that Fnatic played an amazing defense because they made, um, Dignitas fight for like every inch of the map. Mm, yeah, uh, sure. And, and that's what and that's what made the turtle win because eventually Fnatic just had all these gems and they just handed them in and got a late game triple spider. Yeah, and it's pretty deadly if you're able to get those turn ins, you know. Yeah, definitely. Although I would never have that many gems. No, I'd Jesus be dead. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'd be dead trying to hand them in. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, game two was kind of funny. So game two is Curse Hollow. Um, and basically, white men worked against Fnatic in this one. So the first tribute was taken. Get this. Level 10. Oh, my God. The first tribute? Yeah, the first tribute. Like, not, not the first curse. The first tribute was oh taken level 10. Oh, my God. So they stalled it out for that long? Uh-huh. And so it was um, Blaze doing double soak versus, Zer- versus Zeratul doing double soak. Because right. the because the is not actually interesting at this point. It, it's actually the double soak because they're interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it would be like I'd just be paying attention to the double soak more than anything else. Yeah, and, and, and like basically, Blaze is just um, better at it. Oh he, yeah, he's better at the situation. Yeah, hell yeah. And so this gave Dig the um, sort of the the early uh, lead, and oh man. Even though the first trip was like level ten, the first curse was level thirteen. Yeah, like shit. L- 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 like like the next few tributes were just, and then I just gave them to Dignitas because like they had to come back in the, had to come back from the experience uh, detriment that, uh, that they yeah, lost, yeah, from, the they lost from the double soak. Yeah, well, I suppose they didn't have any other choice. Hmm. Yeah, they didn't have a choice. But the but the first curse, um, they so they got first curse plus boss. Mm-hmm. And it gave them Fnatic's core down to seventy-two percent. Oh my god, that's crazy! Off the first boss at, yeah, at level so nuts. At level fourteen. Oh wow, that is a hardcore push. Yeah, it's a hardcore push, and and obviously, like now they're trying to push up bottom lane, and and dig just swing up, take Fnatic's boss, and take the top keep. Oh my god! So so now like level level fifteen, they're two keeps down, um, and cause it seventy-two percent with shields. Yeah, dude. That's like, yeah, okay. that does not look good for them. Yeah, it it didn't end well. So so it was a it, it was an amazing an amazing power play by, by Dignitas. Mm. Like like these two games, they're all about the power plays, man. It's like the you stack the map mechanic on top of a boss and it just like reams. Yeah, dude, it is really really hard to do that because like 
the map mechanics are designed to be really broken. Yeah. And if you can stack anything else with that, another powerful thing like a boss or a camp or anything like that, it's always going to work out well for you. Yeah, definitely. Um, so game three, we saw White Mane shine. So White Mane's whole thing is she is incredibly survivable. Mm, yeah, for sure. Um, because she has Desperate Prayer and a couple of the shielding abilities. Yep, yep. Um, and basically, I've written down here, Fnatic gets taken to Scarlet Monastery. That's <laughs> 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 like, um, White Mane. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the bosses don't treat them well over in SM. But, um, so which infernal was it? That was the big. I think it was the. I think it was the. the yeah, it was the second Punisher. Mm. Um, basically, what happened was the team fight was joined, and oh, I, I, actually, f- firstly, like that, there was a really cool um, early early gameplay. Yeah, sure. and. It was it was a make or break one, and it was Hanzo versus Zeratul. Um, Zeratul dived in to kill Hanzo, and um, Fnatic responded by you know everyone everyone like power gank Hanzo. Yep. And Hanzo just lived. Oh and wow! Zeratul died. Oh and my god! What, and what this gave them was um, the basically the first shrine. Yeah, that would yeah. like. And and the the momentum from getting that first shrine was just amazing. Like, like, like they they're really able to capitalize on it. Mm. But anyway, the 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 funniest fucking play was watching everyone try to kill White Mane. Like uh-huh. it, it was just all in on White Mane. Like, yep. um, Irel was jumping in on her. Johanna was um, Johanna hit a blessed shield. Oh, sorry, sorry. It was yeah. It was it was Blaze Bunker went down. Uh, Zeratul jumped in to um to to do his combo, and he got like. Immediately bulleted by Sergeant Hammer. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, uh, Kane Kane dumped down a, um, a Lord Nato. Yeah, and White Man was in between the Lord Nato and the wall, so it's like she was like getting like like uh, stun locked by yeah, the wall. Sure. And 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 Crab was setting up this this elite power play to like for for um, for a jump for a, to pop it back like into the into the backline. Mm-hmm. And Whitebeam lived. That's just that's just disgusting. It was so disgusting. And the the funniest thing was, not only did Whitebeam live, but Fnatic lost three characters trying to kill her. Oh my god, that is just so gross. Yeah. Oh man, that is just that sounds like a tuning problem. <laughs> nah, it's fine. <laughs> oh, I, I, wow. I mean. That was the the latest white man. I, I like. I was like, oh man, white man just does not die. Fuck no, this bitch. No way. That sounds like she just can't die. But she can die. She can die. But yeah. man, it was scenario, just fucking hell. Like the, the the actual reason she she lived was obviously because uh, Dignitas was supporting her um, while all the damage was going on. Like Sergeant Hammer was like pounding Zeratul with the bullet and. Yeah, everyone was sure. not, everyone was knocking people back, and you know Hanzo doing Hanzo stuff. Yep, doing Hanzo things. Yeah, man. Oh, well, is it is it is a great fight to watch though. Yeah, no, I think I'll definitely have to watch that. The just unkillable white man. Yeah, the unkillable running, running rampant in Scarlet Monastery. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. 
Um, so the so, so the last game, game four, um, it wasn't a stomp like game three was. Game four was game four. The final score was eight to seven, in like uh, kill wise. Yeah, right. Pretty close. So like every kill had a counter kill. It was like it was like pretty tense. Mm. But essentially, it was a game of just out rotating Sergeant Hammer. So all Dig had to do was just keep out rotating Sergeant Hammer, and they'd win. And that's exactly what they did. Yeah. So they just stayed away from her. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. That there, was there a, been a few um, interesting counters to Sudden Hammer. Yeah, yeah, but I, I really like the rotation one because, like, Sergeant Hammer only has one option, which is to use her main escape tool to rotate, and that's like just not—it's not a good thing. No, it's never a good thing when you have to like use your escape and mobility to get out to uh, to do rotations instead of mm. using it to get out of sticky situations. Yeah. Exactly. Hmm. Yep, so that's it for the um, that's it for that series. It was a fun series to watch. Uh, good to see the grudge match. Yeah, man, it's also good to see White Mane. I uh, I think I'd, I I want to see how the pros handle her. Yeah, yeah, no, it's um, saw quite a bit of White Mane, so I'm I, I was really impressed with the um, new character. Yeah, cool, man, cool, cool. All right, so I do have some things to talk about um yep. about this week in North America. Mm-hmm. And I watched a series today, which was uh, Tempo Storm versus Heroes Hearth. The the Heroes Hearth number one, Tempo Storm number two, um, head, yeah, like, button heads with each other today in this epic five game um, series. Yep, man, it was so good. There was five games. Yeah, the, man. the first and second seed. That's awesome. Yeah, so it it just tells you how competitive it is over in North America is that there wasn't really too much difference between the first and second is that they were just very, very close with each other and um, all of their drafts and all of their character pools and the way that they played the game was all just so very similar. Um, that it was just really scary almost to like how competitive and how matched they were. Um, yeah, cool. There was a lot of really hard fought games and um, some very, I don't know, anticlimactic wins. Uh, you can <laughs> you can say it, but um, yeah. The one thing that I will say is that we did get to see some pretty interesting picks going on. Okay, so what sort of picks were you saying? So, um, in particular, Tempo Storm um, just has a hard on for Melthiel right now. Oh, really? That's interesting. Yeah, so, and they had an interview afterwards because they essentially picked Malthiel in every single game except for one time when they got to pick Blaze. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, they were basically just saying, like, yeah, Malthiel just wins against most bruises, so why wouldn't you play him? Yeah, fair enough. And, um, you know. That's actually especially interesting because um, over in EU, I was seeing that, like, Zeratul was being a bit lackluster, and, and what they did was instead of Zeratul, they switched to Malthiel as, like, a, a stand in for Zeratul. Oh, really? Yeah, mm. That's interesting. Yeah, so they're running um, Malthiel as their top laner was um, Tempo Storm. And it just always seemed that it was hit or miss. Like, every time that uh, that Heroes Hearth were trying to bully out um, bully out Malthiel, they just were able to. He just seemed so squishy, not able to do anything, um, really make a big impact. But uh, I think, I think Laron just had to sort of get in the mood for it because afterwards... There was one of the last games where he just fucking crushed whoever was in lane. 
you know so i think it was a bit of like warming up or teething issues but yeah there was some crazy stuff going on so um in particular the first game that i wanted to highlight was mm -hmm. uh one that was on um dragonshire yeah and what we saw heroes are doing was instead of having like a mid bot lane focus they had a top lane focus in which map sir uh dragonshire a top lane focus in dragonshire why yeah i don't know they they just decided that was the lane that they wanted uh they did the genji cheese where we've taken out the well really early and they had um Urella and and genji up against Melthil and were just able to completely obliterate um obliterate the top structures cool so like so they had this really interesting focus where instead of focusing on the middle bot lane because that's where most of the camps are that you can stack later um they just had a very very high and hard top lane focus that really took the um really took the focus away from bottom that is interesting because like like what do you do once you get to the bridge like well you just keep pushing um okay well essentially like when you get up to the bridge is where you usually stop depending on like you know how many people are around and whatnot but yeah, yeah exactly. you just consistently keep putting pressure on that side of the map um yeah. and it, it demands a response most of the time especially since there is a night camp up there mm -hmm. so if you can take the night camp then it gives you a pretty good um pretty good push on the top and i have to say it was working most of the time cool um, and it was also a game where they ran a solo support Abatha. That's, that's like crazy. Yeah. So nuts. So nuts. So they're running like solo support Abatha. Um, mm. and man, it was just absolutely crazy. And I'll tell you what, the, the, the end of the game, it actually came down to a base race. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Came down to a base race, but, um, but uh, Heroes Hearth had done so much damage to the core previously. Um, yeah, so, so they had the clear advantage in the yeah, base race. Yeah, so they had the advantage in the base race and the fact that they had Genji and the Genji clone and Yurel on the core uh, mm. just as um, they had finished taking the keep. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, so, so Tempest Storm, they committed everything to killing the, um, the keep. They, they uh, popped down the, um, uh, the Hyperion, you know, um to be able to take it down and as soon as that happened you know heroes hearth just said go to the genji and Urel and and the apatha clone and we're, we're able to um out base race them <laughs> that's great yeah so that so that was pretty nuts um as well uh one thing that i wanted to mention as well one of the other interesting picks that happened i'm pretty sad that it that's didn't really work out i'm not sure i think i'm coming around on this particular pick is um we went to the tomb we went to tomb of the spider queen um yep. we didn't have 180 gems on people <laughs> but, cool. but uh i believe it was tempo storm picked picked an asmodan asmodan yes in pro play yes in pro play he was picked holy shit yeah it does, does he have a hundred percent win right now no he has a zero percent uh, win right now <laughs> uh... <laughs> poor asmo yeah poor asmo dan um so what happened was is that the late game asmo dan is just really strong yeah uh see see, see the emphasis is late game right 
Well, I mean, Tomb of the Spider Queen generally goes to that game. Yeah, this one didn't. Boo. Yeah, yeah. The Heroes Arts just like came out swinging. Uh, they came out with all the plays and were just able to like snowball it to a place where it didn't really matter about um, where Asmodan was with his quest or anything like that. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so it was just able to um, to be able to, you know, make it a non-factor, just take the game really quickly. Yeah. Essentially. Um, the one game, though, that I do uh, want to highlight a little bit um, was the Braxis holdout. Okay. So I'm Braxis. Man, both teams have fucking drafted the Rapid <laughs> Melee Factory. <laughs> really? Yeah. Karazim was banned, even. Uh, just because... Everybody knew that that was happening, man. It was just like, you know, these two like heavy melee compositions that are kind of like bashing heads with each other. And yeah, sure. um, yeah. Oh no, I'm not sure if it was that one, but there was, there was just this, you know, fucking rapid melee factory of things happening. And man, it was just crazy, crazy matchup. Yeah, um, everyone, everyone dug piling the point. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Everyone dug piling the point. It was all sorts of nuts. And, um, you know, just a really really fun game to watch i can't remember uh like any exact plays that were going on but um just so so nuts there's just like i love those type of compositions where they just want to fucking run into each other yeah exactly it's yeah. always a it, it, like that's always the fun thing to watch like you know <laughs> there's no disengaging there's no like there's no dancing around the point there's just yeah. all in yeah just the, fucking you know, just... go in yeah <laughs> Yeah. Literally, it's literally the brawl card in 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 Hearthstone. Yes, it, yeah, it is. <laughs> Only one person will come out. Yeah, kill feed goes crazy. Yeah. So yeah, it was pretty fun. Um, but anyway, it uh turned out to be a three-two in favor of Tempo Storm. Okay. So Tempo Storm were able to pull it out in in the last game of the uh of the five, and we're just able to take out um take it out. So. They're pretty much cementing themselves as the top of North America at the moment, or at least in contention. Um, well, go, well, well, good on Tempo Storm then, because here's half like <laughs> they don't go down easy. No, they really don't. They really don't. So it was it was very good work by Tempo um, to be able to actually, you know, take them out to five games and uh, and take the series. So um, North America pretty much straight back into you know really good competitive form. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Yeah, that's pretty much all that um, all that I wanted to talk about over in uh, North America. Cool, cool. So uh, sounds like some good games we had. Yeah, man, some very good games. Um, and I'm really looking forward to what you know what's going to be happening for the rest of the uh, rest of the season. Me too. All right. So the last little thing that I wanted to talk about. Um, was about something for our home games, some esports at home. Okay, so so, so so tell us what you learned from Tempo Storm and Heroes Hearth. Well, it's not so much what I learned from Tempo Storm and Heroes Hearth, um, but something that I heard about uh, from uh, some of the casters about uh, one of the compositions um, that was picked in one of the games, and it was essentially um, when to Wombo and when to not Wombo. Okay. So is there ever a time not to wombo? Um well it, it depends, right? So 
the thing that the thing that people need to sort of realize is that if you draft a wombo combo yeah all of the pieces are very integral to that combo definitely like you know you yeah. can't if you don't have the um Hanzo arrow ready, then Blaze shouldn't go in with the with the jet propulsion. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or like you know, for for example, like you know the um, uh, like the classic one of the avoid prism into light ring of frost or something like that. <laughs> yeah, you know, you you can't blow one and then just like not have the other one, right? Yeah. There's a particular composition that is very similar to that, where it's the earthquake salvo bunker. Okay. Where like you you have a thrall, a blaze, and a phoenix on your team. Yeah, definitely. Well, like I I can see it happening. Yeah. So like, that's essentially a wombo. Like everyone just hits hits the R button, and then you and then you just win, right? Yeah. But yeah. the thing about it is that, um, the bunker is actually quite integral to that wombo because you need to be able to to get somewhere to safety after you execute it. Ah, I see. Because because I, I was sort of wondering like what the bunker does in this in this situation. Because yeah. I'm like, well, they're all trying to avoid the phoenix ulti and get out of the earthquake. So why have why have a bunker? Yeah. So like, the bunker's on your team, by the way. Yeah. Sure. 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 Yeah. It's because like, um, it, when you're when you're in that scenario, you do need a safe place because you'd have to be quite far forward if you're the phoenix. So once the salvo yeah, actually yeah, like, goes yeah, down, yeah, like that. yeah. Um, and so Phoenix, but like if Phoenix has a bunker, then he can escape. Yeah. Then he can escape somewhere to do it. So like, I think it's very integral. And, um, the, there are times when, you know, you, you would throw down a bunker without, without, you know, thinking about it. Maybe you're in trouble. Maybe a bunch of other people are in trouble. You're in a skirmish and then yeah. you don't have it for the big, you know, when everyone hits the R button. Yeah, sure. So I think that's really a big part to, uh, sometimes you know running this wombo combo um and and not running it yeah. and i think that there are certain advantages and disadvantages to running this in our home games right well one of the disadvantages is um in home games we, we don't have nearly the coordination yeah uh and especially even with like with uh pickup groups right or you know just randoms or quick match is mm. that yeah you just don't have the coordination like I, I know that my reaction speeds are not bad, but they're certainly not, you know, amazing. And, um, I mean, like continental drift can, can like <laughs> beat my reaction speed sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. So like, you know, sometimes like sometimes I'll be fucking on point and then I see something and I stack the CC perfectly and we get the kill. Yeah. And then other times, like someone throws out like, um, you know, so someone throws out a, like this perfect five band void prism and i'm sitting on diablo and i'm like oh I'm yeah not, i'm not uh i i've got uh, a fire ability i got like this fire <laughs> thing i should use that and then by the time i've like used it like everyone's like fucked off in different directions <laughs> like damn it yeah. <laughs> now, now i'm just doing a flamethrower like like a fucking asshole yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so um so yeah, that, that's definitely some disadvantages. Um, but the advantages are, is that um, if you have ones that are very bombastic, ones that like just say, yeah, it's time to go, like Earthquake is a very good example, right? Yeah. Like if you see an Earthquake, means fucking time to go. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, it's like Thrall's, uh, Thrall's basically saying all in, like now. 
yeah yeah he's just saying yeah it's time to go i pop down the earthquake it's time to fight so um that's one of the is advantageous because if you have one that sort of signals to the team that yeah that i'm going in now's the time to fight they can drop all of their other abilities on top of it and if all of them are just like hit you know really powerful r buttons then it's just you know going to work out well for you yeah exactly yeah so i think there are certain advantages to do it as well and um i think it is very hero dependent it is very map dependent mm. um but it is definitely something that i think people can sort of take away is that you can have these wombo combos and not need this insane coordination yeah no, no it's good it's good and like i think it's one of the um it's one of the good things about Heroes of the Storm where they have like sort of bigger armor values and bigger health bars. Yeah, so, sure. You know, the the fights in some ways go a bit slower, but they're uh, more sustained. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I really do much prefer the pacing of the team fights in in Heroes of the Storm. Hmm. Yeah. Um. I I do want to say as well is that um uh, there there are also ways um to use a wombo to win mm. and use a wombo to lose use a wombo to lose like if you miss well obviously if you miss or like you waste it on one person that's like the tank no no you well you need to use your entire wombo on white man <laughs> yeah you do you do <laughs> but clearly every yeah, time i mean no but the biggest mistake that that i see is that, and I, and I mean, I'm the biggest one for this, is like, I'm running around and I've been like, I've been beaten up all game. We finally get to level 10 and I have my R button. And then I see Moradin up in my grill and he's like so out of position. And then I'm it's, like- It's like so juicy, right? I'm like, you, you will face <laughs> my wrath. And, yeah. then the, and then I'm like, all right, I got four other dudes here with me. This, this fucker's going down. And we all hit our R buttons on him, and then he still lives. And <laughs> that's just gross. I, I know. Um, or, or not only that, or we like hit all of our R buttons and we delete him, and we're like, "Yes, press on!" And then they they counter engage and they hit all of their R buttons, and we all die. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh man, all of our resources are down, and now there's a big angry team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> just breathing down our necks. What yeah. are we gonna do? do now i was like well we just blew all of our cooldowns on that single person yay that wasn't very high value <laughs> so, but he should have died yeah but he was out of position yeah and he's out of position <laughs> like what do you want to do about i know that? we need to hit all of the r buttons anyway Definitely. so in programs a bit different because they are a bit hesitant to fight a man down but yeah. man, in like the silver and bronze elo man as soon as someone's down they're out for revenge <laughs> definitely <yeah>. like <laughs> they don't back it's off really, it's not really a team game in silver and bronze it's <laughs> it's more like this cannot stand and I know. Just coming. we will avenge you yeah. what's that <laughs> this uh, this play has no value do it anyway yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah so you know I think that, so there's definitely ways to win where you use your wombo combo and you kill like, you know, two to three people near, near an objective. That's like absolutely when it should go down. 
and there are ways to lose where you pop it all of your R abilities on a single person they get you know they get sent off into oblivion uh but then you know the rest of the team's just hanging around going well i just saw five ulties all go off on this one person i think they don't have any more hmm. so i think that's a definite way to lose even though you've drafted this really cool wombo all right um, so yeah, that's really all that I wanted to have a bit of a chat about, um, is about one-way combos, the fact that we can use them, but we do have to use them correctly, and um, that we really need to make sure that we're using it on the right targets at the right time uh, in order to win, and that you don't actually need this like perfect zen synergy yep. to be able to pull them off. And even when you do have a perfect zen synergy, like, yeah. what it doesn't mean that they're actually out of abilities to, to like get out of it yeah sure sorry man something happened with their uh voice there for a sec All right. Well, anyway, that uh, brings us all the way to the end of our podcast today. Um, so if you do want to get in touch with us, uh, send us an email. Um, you can find us uh, over, send us an email, sorry, at chilledpodcast at gmail.com. Um, we're also over on Twitter, which is uh, chilledpodcast at chilledcast. If you want to send us a tweet uh, about our, about anything. Um, we are going to be sending some tweets out about our new release schedule because we are now to be doing fortnightly every two weeks instead of every week now you can still go find our full catalog um over at jhray.com slash chilled so if you like this podcast you want to check out some more of what me joey um, and christian have been doing um you can go find us over at jhray.com slash chilled um, sign up today <laughs> you can sign up as well if you want to uh, <laughs> And I believe, Joey, they uh, can check out all sorts of other things uh, over at jhatrio.com as well. Uh, I'm not sure how much my microphone's going to hold up for this, but yes, I've got meme-driven development there. So you, so you can watch me talk about memes development and life, I guess. Yeah, sure. That's good. <laughs> and uh, you can also find me on Twitter. At, um, actually, no, you can't. Sorry. That's a lie. Um... <laughs> I'm not on Twitter. <laughs> all right. <laughs> So uh, you can go, you guys can catch me over on Twitter. I am at uh, Revel Teen Gene, and every second Sunday I'll be streaming some games over on twitch.tv slash Revel Teen Gene. So uh, come and check that out. Awesome stuff. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining me this week, Joey. Thanks, Eugene. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Mm -hmm. And stay easy, stay breezy, guys. Yep. Take care, everybody. <laughs>